seven. I'm gonna keep good? that in as the opening. Waiting on you, John. It's very. Why is it all about me? <laughs> Traffic I don't almost there, you, John. Traffic Why is almost it all there. About you? <laughs> okay, so that high note. Let me go, Ryan and John. Wow. Guess what time of day we're recording? <laughs> I can I guess? Five fifty-eight. You well had to done. look. Is that AM or PM? Oh no, he he had his chance. He fucked it up. Yep. No, so I'm today we are joined right. by. John, as always, if you didn't catch it, my awesome intro oh, yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, And then we have Ryan here, as he's been almost always now, which is wonderful. Always. Almost always. Yep. Almost uh, always wonderful, Well, Ryan. those people <laughs> who have those partial jobs on Saturdays, I can't say as always, because then they can't always be here. Sometimes they have to work. Well, then it makes you a liar. Now I'm the yeah. official almost always. There we go. I like having an official almost always. Ooh. Uh, what does that make you? We have Tony, who's sometimes an official always? sometimes always. The official yeah, bleep. Take it. Yeah. And Graham, who's an official almost always for a long time there, but then he had to start working a whole bunch. Yeah. And he got a Stupid work. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to blame the girlfriend, not work. Because she's definitely not in the room with us. <laughs> Stupid Danny. Wait a minute. <laughs> fell off there, Brian. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. It's almost right. like you noticed someone was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> As if you looked over your right shoulder. Definitely not the left shoulder. Oh. Man, our, there might our be listener, someone over there too. <laughs> our listeners are completely lost as they drive to their work. That means I'm cutting I'm all this out. I'm completely lost, and I'm here in the room with you people. <laughs> Left, right? Oh my god! So we're gonna move right into where we've been doing. I uh, will go first. Today I did the worst hike ever. I usually don't mention hikes on this sort of thing because I usually really like hiking, so there's not much to talk about. But I did the one in L.A. You'll see it if you look up like good hikes to do in L.A. We go to see the uh, the shipwreck from the '50s. Uh, the shipwreck is gone. It really isn't a thing anymore. Uh, you can see a tractor that was in the ship. That's kind of cool, but it's basically just one big piece of rust and you can go one way that's really steep and dangerous, or you can go the long way, which is what we did. And that long way involves walking on a lot of really, really uncomfortable rocks. Uh, I twisted my ankle three times. It was super hot. A lot of us got sunburned. I don't recommend this hike. It was a miserable, miserable experience. Worst hike ever. Yeah, I can definitely hashtag worst hike ever, but I got to go hiking, which is something that I don't get to do a lot if I didn't live in this area. And it was on the ocean, so I mean, all in all, I'm glad I was able to go hiking today, and that was wonderful, but don't ever go on the sunken ship or crash ship or whatever the fuck it's called hike. So one out is of ten? Is that the actual official title? Yes, that is the, is if you look it up on Yelp, that's what it is. I can't even... <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you went down the, the cliff side and went right to the... You'd be fine. Just don't go the long way. You'd be fine. It's still super steep and dangerous that way. So that's why I just say don't do it. You can see it from the top of the cliff. If you want to see it, just stand at the top of the cliff. It's not much better down at the bottom. I mean, oh, and then I'm you have like to deal with the closer. smell of dead seal carcasses. We saw three dead seal carcasses. Fun. Yeah. So and two like, stars. Yeah. Well, better, than, better than seeing live seal carcasses. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, now we're or like a recent seal carcass. These things are old. Like They're just basically bones and smell. Well, I mean, if, it, if they're both dead, you know, a Isn't dead new one and a dead old one is pretty bad. Well, but I'm a dead live seal carcass. <laughs> That's like a serious situation. Now you're dealing with zombie seals. That which involves is like, a lot of running, and you can't run down there because there's rocks everywhere. You can that's throw rocks. You can <laughs> you throw rocks. And it's not to say that zombie <laughs> seals can really run real fast. So they can't run, they with, run at all? Or do they, they don't just have like legs. Well, I mean, they, they can, can leap. Flop. They can like throw can themselves they, at they you. Do they roll? They can rock and they can roll. Oh, boy. All right, John. Moving on from zombie seals, John. Oddly enough, the zombies go right into kind of what I was talking about. What I'm going to talk about is I'm reading this book, the sequel to John Dies at the End. It's called uh, John Lives in the Beginning. Yeah. No, it's called this book. Ah, cool. sp- it's called this book is full of spiders. Oh, okay. It's basically. How did you even open that? Yeah, it took a long time. <laughs> I burned the first copy with fire because I had to. <laughs> and then I realized it was just the title of the book. Uh, mm, yeah. Uh, so that threw me for a while. Yeah. Um, no, I, Barnes I and Noble see. did not appreciate my patronage that day. <laughs> 
Well, you Did burned you set it in the, the store. Entire John. store on fire. Well, there isn't one down in Marina del Rey anymore, is there? This book is full of spiders. Kill them with fire! Yeah. <laughs> Kill all of them! How many copies can there be? And it's... I'm only a quarter of the way through, and it's basically turned into kind of this weird alien Cthulhu-esque zombie outbreak. And it has... It's written in a very irreverent style, because the guy who wrote it... Um, I forget his real name, because he uses a pen name to hmm. write it, but he uh, runs Craft, the website. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And like the magazine? The online thing that we read? Formerly known as a magazine? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking like, like me as a kid going to, to to Jewel and getting like a Mad or a Crack magazine. What's magazine? Jewel? Yeah, it's the same company. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel's Albertsons for anyone who lives anywhere but the Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> going to the grocery store for the market for those people. Actually, who... you know what? Can I just grocery store? Can, can we take my voice and then just dub that over? <laughs> so where he said... just bleep out everything he said Whatever, about you it. You go to the grocery store. No, I think that'd be pretty funny. Whatever. But yeah. yeah right? I'll update you guys later how I think about it. But okay. so far, it's a little less irreverent than the, the first book mm-hmm. and a little less crazy so far, except, I mean, no one else but the two main characters can see these spiders chewing off people's face and body and everything like that. So, I mean, it is interesting. And they've got uh, doors that you can go in that can teleport you everywhere. And, re- like, the city's really weird, and it has a lot of weird elements. I guess I can just recommend reading both of them just for the experience and the WTF of it. Okay. Right. Cool. Uh, the most exciting thing I did this week was the comic book apocalypse, the graphic world of Jack Kirby uh, exhibit they have going at the Cal State Northridge. Hmm. They have uh, a bunch of art on display that he had done uh, for DC, uh, Marvel, and independently, and uh, kind of showcasing his work through his life. It was pretty cool. They How have, long is it going? Um, it's going through October 10th. Oh, okay. Hmm. I brought the flyer. I had, I brought notes. Flyers count as notes. Wait, 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 you were prepared? I was prepared, yeah. Someone has to be. Um, <laughs> they, they have a lot one of, of us. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of uh, pictures of like uh, his pencil sketches and then after the inking, which I thought was fascinating. I love to get into the, the whole process of comic book art making. Hmm. My turn, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's already been your turn. Um, and thank you, Tony. All right, moving right along. Graham's oh, turn. It's my turn. Uh, last weekend at Hollywood Bowl, we went and saw E.T. in concert, oh, yeah. which was awesome. Uh, what did he play? <laughs> he was great. The, the whole three fingers thing didn't really work It was cool until you stopped the phone home, right? Yeah. yeah. No, they, uh, they basically uh, they, Just they played the, the movie, uh, cut out the score, and did the live score to the movie. I didn't the ask you this score. earlier. Which version was it? Was it like the old school version with the guns or with the walkie-talkies being held as guns? Sorry, where, <laughs> Stop hitting guns. Where, where's <laughs> the part with the guns? Uh, it's when they're riding their bikes and like flying in front of the moon. There's... Are you talking about like the shotgun when they fly over the cops? The cops are holding the guns. Well, there's a scene, I, the thing is, I don't know what scene you're talking about because I knew it before going in. Quick, for our podcast listeners, what was that gesture for the, shot, the shotguns? <laughs> Right in my face. <laughs> it's I mean, a, I'm pumping the shotgun. It's not how trying you to make pump the noise along uh, with it. How do you? <laughs> that's, that's, that's double, double fisting. Yeah, double two, pumping. But when they when they, they have like the roadblock, yeah. and they fly over the cops. The guy had a shotgun. 
Okay, it said that. That's it. Yeah, because uh, in the other version, I, I've seen it. He's just holding two walkie-talkies and going like, "Okay, no." <laughs> <laughs> the gun was in it, uh, just talking to himself. No, but it was awesome. The score in person was really incredible. It was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard of them doing that, and that sound is really cool. And I've wanted to do that for like since I've lived in Los Angeles because they do it a lot for. Oh, so, Graham, what have you been up to recently? <laughs> um, let's see, a few things actually, but I will pick just one. Um, thank you. Thanks. I actually. Uh, just finished the book The Martian, mm. um, and it was a pretty quick read. I mean, I actually did the the audio book, but uh, Ooh, so it's not real. Pretty quick it was not, He didn't read uh, anything. You're right. Didn't I didn't read it. it. So I listened to the audio book The Martian. <laughs> Can we fix that? Um, I could, but I won't. It's way funnier that way. Yeah, and it's actually re- it's really good. Uh, yeah, it was a very listen if you will um <laughs> if i had to say maybe like 10 hours that's just like i have to guess though uh and uh yeah it was really interesting it's like so technical as a book um because the guy's uh, like mechanical engineer and stuff like that and goes you know blow by blow of everything that's actually happening and you know one man survival on, Mar- on mars um and it's actually really cool and so i'm i'm really excited for the movie but I don't want to watch any sort of trailers or spoilers or anything like that. But you read the book. I, you know the I know, Even I know what's going to happen, obviously. Yeah. But I just, I don't want anything. I don't want the, the adaptation to be ruined, you know? Well, then you can't see the movie. Right. So, I don't, I mean, I'm going to see the movie. Because the movie ruins it for the books. Like, it basically erases what you know in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I'm really looking forward to The Martian. So. You said one thing, and you just threw in Game of Thrones. He snuck it in there like a sneaky yeah, ninja. Like, like his kidding. last James Bond movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to so use that as a segue into James Bond. So many Who's James Bond? <laughs> yeah, I thought we were doing Batman. <laughs> Shit. I watched all the Harry Potter. Batman and Robin of everything, you know? Come on. <laughs> oh man, I watched If we did a Batman uh, battle, I bet you would pick Batman and Robin. Actually, <laughs> oh, I definitely would. <laughs> and now I'm trying to debate if the movie I picked today is... Worse than it is Batman. Whoa, whoa, and Robin. Whoa. Okay, well we'll get into it. But you're, it is. Okay. It most definitely is. Um, yeah, it might be. I kind of like. Well, we'll know who voted for it if we get one in the, in the <laughs> vote hat. For me. We draw it, vote, I can, I can vote for me. Vote for the me. movie I chose. Anyway, Bond. Yes, Go. Bond. All right, so this is our third and <laughs> final James Bond. <laughs> third and final James Bond podcast. I. Uh, I would love to do more of these things, but I think we might kind of get people to stop listening to them if we keep doing this and winning too often. So yeah, I mean we we lost the fan like we, we lost James Bond fans in the first episode. Yeah, when we when we said that uh, Goldeneye was the best Bond ever, I'm pretty sure everyone went. I'm never listening yes. to another one of these. <laughs> well, I'm here to redeem that. Yeah, <laughs> I really hope you win. <laughs> Goldeneye takes it again. Right? <laughs> that was your movie, right? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Watch. Right? Uh, so we're gonna go on the table really quick and just say which movies we have because I don't remember who has what because I'm bad at my job sometimes. Oddly enough, I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah. I was driving here. I was like, what did I pick? <laughs> so I watched all these fucking things. Which. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I know which one I picked because I was very adamant about picking it this time. So I picked Casino Royale. Yeah. Graham picked Living Daylights. The world is not enough. Close. Oh. Gold finger. <laughs> finger. And then I picked the spy who loved me. The spider who loved me. The spider. Ah, oh, wow. burn it. This podcast. <laughs> the spider loved me. I got halfway me. through and I burnt the movies. So. <laughs> and blockbusters is pissed. <laughs> no more blockbusters. <laughs> People know Jewel you... before they know blockbuster nowadays. <laughs> not true. No. No. Not true. No. 
give it five years. Yeah. Give it five years. Jewel's sure, still around. The artist? Yes. There's still only like <laughs> 10 pounds. The, the grocery store is the lasting The CD case company? He's just, he means to be saying the Jewel, the app. Yes. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> the app? Wow. I think it's a game. It's a it's an a app on your phone. An application, a CD-ROM, if you will. Ooh. It's not a CD-ROM. That Floppy one is... disk, right? Am I right? What? Nailed it. Am Wait, right? five and a quarter? Who wants to go first? I will. Ryan wants to go first. <laughs> no, I either have to go first or last because I'm going to blow all the other ones out of the water. Do we want to go chronologically today? We've never done that before. <laughs> Can you blow it in Graham's beard? <laughs> 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 it'll just be full of barnacles and sea creatures. I think, oh. Stand by. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Oh, his <laughs> uh, hair is gone. So we're gonna go chronologically today because oh, still first. Yeah. <laughs> that way Ryan gets what he wants. All right, I get to go for it. The name of this I podcast. I have to go last, which I, I'm fine with. Uh, all right, so Ryan, you ready? Yeah, I am. Your ten minutes starts now. I was inspired by the last battle episode that I was on, and I copied John's method of a top ten list for why my movie. I started that. Don't give him credit. Best. I didn't listen give to this podcast. Give me credit. <laughs> Only the ones give John credit. Way to go, John. That's a good choice. Yeah, nailed it, John. <laughs> yeah, woo! I contributed. Live and let well, die. Listen, I copied John. Whether he gives you credit or not is up to him. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Tumblr, so I won't give you any credit. <laughs> so, number 10. I can't talk about my movie without talking about being the first of everything that it had going for it. Uh, it broke records, uh, box office records at the time, and it set the tone for James Bond movies for the rest of the career. It, uh, it is the basis of uh, spy mocking movies like what we talked about a couple weeks ago, Kingsman, uh, Austin Powers. Uh, what was it the second or third Austin Powers that is named after Goldfinger? Third gold member. Yeah, gold member. Hmm? Yeah, no, yeah. I feel <laughs> the same way. And uh, Spy Hard. Uh Fun fact for this one, it's the first James Bond movie to win an Academy Award. Was it for the song? Nope. Uh, sound effects editing, actually. Huh. Norman Wanstall. Um, and as far as I know, this is the only James Bond movie with a band named after it. Really Can't argue with that. Was it really named after it? Uh, what, what else would Goldfinger come from? Um, the, that one guy. Uh, is that a finger? Midas, Gold, Midas Goldfinger? Yeah. That's what they called him. We read that in history class. <laughs> it's the golden touch and you touched it too much. <laughs> exactly. When you say it. Uh, Shotgun. Let Ryan finish. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't. Have, I only have 10 things here. It's fine. Uh, number nine, that brings me right into the first thing they did, uh, Cold Open. Uh, they're the first Bond movie to have a scene before the credits that kind of is unrelated to the rest of the film. And this one was awesome. In the span of four minutes... James Bond uh, sneaks into, uh, I don't remember what it even was, a, a yacht or something, uh, kisses a girl, uses her as a shield against the bad guy who's been waiting for him in his room, and then he makes a pun about it. Uh, was no, it wasn't that the shocking line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely shocking. He knocks the guy into a tub with a plugged-in toaster. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Like, okay, now I know everything I need to know about James Bond for the rest of his career. See, I learned that at his duck hat in the very first shot. <laughs> <laughs> also that. About the duck yeah. hat. And how they sped up when he took it off. Oh, like, yeah. He obviously fumbled with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he had the tuxedo on underneath, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Could you imagine? Finds James Bond. Can you imagine what that tuxedo smelled like? like Are you imagine trying to swim underwater in a tux? It's completely it's dry. It smelled amazing. Yeah. That's true. Oh, it smelled and like pure man. 
Yeah, I'm sure. That's what my movie like, tells you that it doesn't matter if only his little finger. He's still more man than the rest of us. With wetsuits, aren't you supposed to like, you know, can't you like pee in them and stuff? Like, was he, his, he did. Was he's James Bond. It, it blocks that function. Pee. It blocks that functionality. He's got a penis plug. Mm. <laughs> Double O, ouch. <laughs> That's a great transition into my next, uh, my next first for this film. Glad we're helping. All you. before he had to pee, he ordered a drink. And this is the first time we hear actually order the drink, the martini, shaken, not stirred. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, oh. They reference it since Dr. No, but this is the first time we hear those words. Hmm. I was reading online today uh, an analysis of why he orders his drink that way, because James Bond, like this supposed social master, orders a total faux pas in the, the cocktail world. Somebody suggested that he's used to his drinks being shaken because he's such a severe alcoholic he has tremors. We <laughs> <laughs> might as well just have it reshaken. Let's lean into that one, don't we? Let's just like, for anybody who's an artist, don't worry about explaining your things away because fans will find an asinine reason to explain <laughs> your fuck-ups. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then go with that one. Make it canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blow everyone's mind. Yeah, no, that'll work. Uh, I want to talk about the characters a little bit. Um, Shirley Eaton is Jill Masterson, the Bond girl who he immediately seduces away from Dr. No. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Goldfinger. Uh, and gets her to spy uh, for him instead. And she gets caught and covered in gold paint in one of the most iconic scenes uh, from James Bond history. That's uh, from spy movie history. Like, yeah, that's such a yeah. huge deal. And uh, yeah. totally made up science. Yep. There's no way you can paint a person to death, although that sounds amazing. I mean, it's pretty close stay still please i mean yeah you know i mean if the if it was lead paint he would be killing her over years with cancer <laughs> later but because mythbusters did this and you can act, i mean your skin does need to breathe and so usually they'll leave yeah like a patch on your on your lower back so your skin can actually breathe so, but how yeah. long would that have to go on for them to die what mm, is shorter amount of time than you would think all right i actually haven't seen that mythbusters but, but not the whatever 30 seconds <laughs> right and Oh, he just painted up that last patch on her back, and yeah. she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and odd job, like with a you know golden paint bucket. Yeah, you know, over the you know. He doesn't, he doesn't need that still. hat anymore. Stay very still. I want an HBO documentary series on him. him uh, yeah, and his odd job of painting people gold. Yeah. How am I doing, Brian? Oh, uh, you got uh four thirty. Oh, perfect. Uh, on to the next number on my list. Uh, Sean Connery. He is actually my favorite Bond. The bond with the hat. Be. Yes. What? Not Pierce. <laughs> uh, I love that hat. I love he, the toss. He was the star the of six Bond movies, so I made him number six on my list for no other reason. I don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> uh, number five, uh, the most famous uh, female henchman, Pussy Galore. <laughs> like, could you be any more on the nose with her name? That's amazing. A lot of vagina. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, when she introduces himself or herself to him, he says, "I must be dreaming." <laughs> really? Uh, kind of portrayed as like a lesbian in that too. No, she falls for him hard, and oh, yeah. she like falls to his side <laughs> at the end. He seduces both of Goldfinger's uh, female henchmen in this movie. What is Sean Connery? <laughs> exactly. He's exactly. Curious. I'm surprised Goldfinger wasn't seduced as well. I, you know, if you I read mean, between he, the lines, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like giant laser towards his crotch. I mean, kind of in a jealousy way. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. if I can't have it, no one can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know I buy it. It's so hot. The only thing I can do is burn it. <laughs> and he had the the 
one of my favorite Bond henchmen. You already brought him up. Odd job. So great. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the silent Asian dude who throws a hat made out of razors. <laughs> <laughs> one steel. Razor. Don't we all know know someone like that though? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's my neighbor. Little, He's nuts. <laughs> we all have a little odd job in our lives. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys play? Uh, the N64 video game. I was always odd job because statistically in the game, he's actually shorter than all the other characters and harder to hit. Yeah, we, 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 had, to make, we had to make rules. When oh, no one yeah. Play oh, yeah. Everyone did. That's no the odd number job. one home rule. You cannot be odd job. No one yeah. can be odd job and you're stupid if you're Jaws. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you were doing slapping only. Oh, odd man, job wins. Was, <laughs> slappers only. License to kill. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I mean, they made fun of him in uh, the Austin Powers movie again. Random Tass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah throws right. his shoe. Who throws a shoe? That, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and number three is actually carries on through the, the uh, James Bond franchise to be my favorite part of every movie. The Q debriefing. This mm. is the first time we get the scene where he goes through the all the gadgets and gizmos that he's getting before he actually uses them. I can make an argument. It's probably one of the best ones, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite lines in the movie, and it would be hard for me to pick if I had to pick one, but uh, he, he's running down the famous Aston Martin. This is the first time we get to see kind of the tricked out car. And uh, he goes, ejector seat? You're joking. <laughs> Q responds with, I never joke about my work, 007. <laughs> so straight face. And I love that it's like a hard cut, too. It's like, I never joke about my work. Scene over. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was serious in that moment. And then we get 23 more movies of Q joking around with James Bond. <laughs> I love it. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a callback to that in Goldeneye. Yeah. Don't touch that. It's my lunch. Yep. <laughs> was it a poison sandwich? or? <laughs> uh, so the car is actually my number two. I mean, this set up the whole thing. Uh, and this is basically the base package for the spy car from here on out. You've got the ejector seat, you've got the oil slick, you've got the tire cutters for the car next to you, you've got the smoke screen, you've got the pop-out machine guns, and you've even got the hideaway license plate. Amazing. It's like every trick a kid would dream of in their, uh, their made-up spy car. It's awesome. And... I only have uh, one more sentence to say about why this is clearly the best James Bond movie, not only today, but of all time. And your time's up. Okay. <laughs> it is the most quoted line. Do you expect me to talk, Goldfinger? Mm. No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. I wish you'd time that a little better. Now you only have nine seconds left. Nine <laughs> seconds. Nine seconds. Oh. Ah. It's been so good. I don't have my eyes on the timer. I do. How about now? Is it over now? How yep. about now? Yes! <laughs> uh, stop. Shut up. I got it. Cool. All right. Reset. Here's like, fine. Whatever. <laughs> I was really afraid you weren't going to mention that line the whole time. I'm like, Jesus. Oh, I saved it for last. Keep us in suspense. <laughs> while yeah. Jesus. Welcome uh, to Dramatics on the podcast. <laughs> so, John will be next. Are we next? If you're going chronologically. I guess. How did you guys not go chronologically before? How is this the first time you've done that? Well, this is the um, first time we've ever had everyone's chosen, chosen, chosen. <laughs> oh, a different bond. Yeah, everyone yeah, has a different it's bond. It's really amazing. If we had six people, we could have all six bonds here. But yeah, oh well, we were shooting for that. Yeah, but at least we have one of the best ones represented. That that is true, and we'll find out which one that is. I already know um, John Hardesty. 
All right. Well, mine was The Spy Who Loved Me. And I'll just kind of go down the things I liked about it. Because, I mean, the plot is pretty inconsequential. Some subs were, you know, kidnapped. And uh, there's an underwater world for this guy by himself. Uh, the, you know, Blofeld light uh, with trick buttons and all that. But what I liked is Jaws is actually a threat in this. He's and not he, a joke like in He's not a joke. And, it's, and it was unfortunate that I watched these out of order because I was like, oh, okay. I was kind of I was kind of going backward with this, but like he freaking bites a shark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he bites a shark and totally dominates it, and I I thought that was hilarious. It's pretty fantastic. And one the reason why I'm glad I kind of picked this one and why I'm starting to kind of I'm really warming to Roger Moore is the Bond Ugh. is that it has a very dry humor to it and a very kind of dry sensibility, and it gets goofy, and on top of some like you know violent stuff. I mean. He's killing everybody. Bond is killing everybody left and right. It's like, oh, whatever, shoot you, you know. Oh, you know, I could, I could spare you and take you for interrogation. I'm gonna shoot you, you know. He, he's very violent, and it's masked by this kind of layer of humor that warms to me. Granted, you know, Moore is not my favorite Bond, but when I watch these, I'm like, I, having not seen these, you know, the Moore ones, as, you know, I'm not very familiar with it coming into this. This is actually kind of nice. I can kind of take my own opinion on it, and I actually kind of dig the humor, and and I think. Uh, Q's scenes play really well here too. Just yeah. <laughs> the the montage of mich- like things that are going wrong, or the, the 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 devices and how they they work. It was really funny and edited well. And <laughs> when have I ever let you down? All the time, <laughs> <laughs> or every day, or wh- however he said it. The delivery is yeah. great, and it cuts like like yeah. you were saying yeah. with the other movie. It cuts so, like they seem to match like have the perfect humor for that. And also, MI six is like hideouts. Especially these more ones seem to kind of change. They're like, we're going to just cover a hold out of, out of this landmark and make our little base of operations here. Improbably. Yeah. Like, in the middle of the desert, we're just going to have our base here. You know, whatever. Right next to some columns or something. But uh, the end, the kind of the climax, the, the big kind of battle at the end was really neat. And it was neat that Bond was letting other people kind of help him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a solo show. Like, Bond, you know, he got in there and did the business. But there was, like, the guys in the submarine were helping. They were all kind of, there was kind of a sense of each, like the main people in the submarine had a kind of a character arc to them, however small. They weren't just throw away. I mean, a lot of them died, but they had some personality to them. I think your movie for me loses it big time with the Bond girl. She's atrocious. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and their, their chemistry is so so, and it's inconsistent. There's sometimes where it's, it's like, okay, you know, I can kind of get into this, and then other times it's pretty flat. And there's kind of some banter that doesn't quite work so much. But as far as like a competent spy, they they don't undercut her too much, other than with just their relationship. She still kind of holds her own, even though she is just Bond girl at the end. But yeah, no, I, I agree that that does lose some points there. Um, the train fight is actually, I think, almost I think for me is a little bit more rough than the one I picked before. Uh, from Russia, from Russia with love, just yeah. in terms of stakes and in terms of just Bond getting his ass kicked. Yeah, like more really pulls that off, like. He kind of loses the suave aspect of himself pretty quickly in that. He's just like, oh, God, i got to survive. And he barely survives. And they play the indestructibility of Jaws very well. And it's, it, it's no wonder why they wanted to bring him back because they really kind of made him an iconic uh, kind of henchman in this. Is this his second one? This, this is his first one. Oh, okay. He's only in two. So. Yeah, yeah. And I would say even, he's even more kind of distinct than um, Schofield. No. What's Schofield. it called? 
not Blofeld. They wanted to use Blofeld, which would have been cooler, but uh, they didn't have the rights to him. It was, shoot, I forget his name. But yeah, I mean, the, the main kind of villain who wants to have his own little underwater paradise, whatever. I mean, that part's not as memorable as just Jaws. Yeah, very Andrew This Ryan. is the one with Jaws. Yeah, this is the one with Jaws and the one that's scary. Like, <laughs> you see him, like, fighting all these people. Yeah. It's like, first of all, <laughs> dude, stop. Also, get away from me. Bad Jaws. Bad Jaws. <laughs> Water bottle. Yeah. Just for water. Thought it was safe to go back in the water. And, and the, it's not um, safe to ride a drain. And speaking of like vehicles, the underwater vehicle was done fairly well. It was kind of neat, a neat kind of conceit, and they didn't uh, play it off too cheesy because sometimes that can not work so well. Right. And it was pretty exciting. The underwater chase was also pretty exciting and not dumb, I guess. It was it was fun to watch, and yeah, I'm trying to think of more things. Yeah, you're only halfway through your time. You got a lot of time. Got left. a lot of time. The what else is there? You're, it, you're, it it does it kind of. I, I hate to make the keep making the comparison to Moonraker, but I did see those pretty close together. Right. And this one makes sense a lot more uh, in terms of narrative arc, in terms of where they're going, what they're looking for. There's the microfilm that leads to this. I never quite felt lost in where they were going. No, but I feel like this movie. It felt like it should have had more of um, like almost like a Man from Uncle sort of thing. It should have had like that. Like we're teaming up with the Russians, and nobody really wants to. But I guess we're gonna have it. We're gonna work out. We don't really get along. But we have to get along. And it never really played up like that atmosphere. Like I really a lot of my problems stem from the girl because I, I really she really takes me out of every scene. I get it. She was good enough for Ringo Starr to marry, but like she wasn't good enough for my Bond movie. Like it just she just kind of get moved. out of my Bond movie. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> let's go back to Ringo. Um, yeah, no, it, it's again just going back to the of it um i know you kind of wrinkle your nose and go a little ick with it but again there's a dry it's drier in terms of its humor than most of the other bond movies. it never feels dry to me like especially with roger moore i never well, get that dry, dry sense of, the cheeky i get but it never feels dry like it doesn't have a dry sense of humor it's very cartoony and especially with roger moore who insists to have a costume in every fucking movie <laughs> like when he goes in the desert and he's just completely like i guess i'm egyptian now it's like what the fuck are you doing man that was pretty funny actually like, and like, then he walked in I'm like really okay the humor here is a bit meta, but yeah, yeah, and that's where I like that's where I check out with more. Like that's the main reason why I don't like more is because he just goes a little too far every time. Like every time he goes a little too far, and then even when he's in like the 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 harem room or harem room or whatever, and he's like, oh, and he's like, ah, I'm not gonna stay the night. He's like, Are you sure you haven't tasted <laughs> the Egyptian pleasures? And this girl comes out wearing next to nothing. He's like, oh, I guess I can stay. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, would you not stay in that scenario? No, it's probably hot as hell. <laughs> <laughs> just climate uncomfortability. Yes, like, of course. Climate oh, uncomfortable. it's slightly humid in here. Are you kidding? What if I told you she was an ice princess? It's like, all right, fine. <laughs> well, now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> now we're I, having a conversation. I, I, I also like too that more makes no day. like <clears throat> makes no apology apology about just having his eyes on the prowl for every lady that walks by. Like he's very overt about it. Yeah. Like more so than others. I feel like at least the others had to be coy about it. Where he's just like, woman. Woman, <laughs> and very I found like kind of dog fun. from up squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I found that I found that kind of funny. Just that like, oh, I I gotta I gotta not okay. Fine, fine. Like, uh, no, no. All right, fine. I mean, you do have the one thing definitely going for your movie versus uh, well, everyone but Ryan at the table is you have one of the three movies that Albert Broccoli said this is one of the best Bond movies I was ever part of. Really? Yep. He only said that about three movies. What was the third? I don't remember. 
I only did it. Like I said earlier, I'm only somewhat prepared. This comment is useless without facts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it helps the two of you. All right. It's definitely not any of the other three here today. Was it the world is not enough? (laughs) Probably not. I'm going to go with the same uh, tier of Bond movies. Uh, But no, there is something about your film. Because a lot of times I watch a Bond movie and I go, oh, the action's happening again. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, especially with the first two that we've talked about today, that definitely does not happen. Right. Like, and there's like, and I don't like Roger Moore. Like, I, I've made that very obvious. I like some of the movies in he's in, but you, uh, we've talked about both of them. It's this one and Live and Let Die are the only two that I actually enjoy of Roger Moore. And this one is better, I think, than Live and Let Die. And I actually, I oh, do, yeah. I do really like Live and Let Die. Yeah, I'm gonna keep hitting that mic. <laughs> well, and you're this gonna, one, it, you're gonna be the one editing it out later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm making my own problems. Well, and this one is, I guess, regarded as one of the better. Is is the best more one. Right. And it should yeah, be, yeah. yeah. It's a very, it's a very solid spy movie, and it's yeah. just a lot of fun. And yeah, the the whole uh, submarine battle at the end is great. It, it gets a little long winded. Yeah, and on paper, that submarine thing is kind of cheesy, kind of dumb. But they seem they they pull back and restrain. Like this movie does have some restraint, which I appreciate. Yeah, which you know, Moonraker doesn't have. It's just like balls to the wall. We're just gonna do whatever the hell and deal with it. Yeah. It's Whereas like, this well, one's more like, okay, we've got an underwater car for this time period. That's kind of weird. Let's just kind of understate it a little bit. And another thing your movie has that ours doesn't is a set from Star Wars. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Moss Eisley? Uh, no, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> the Death Star. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They use the, the Death Star set when they're in the prison. Wow. And I was like, I was watching it with Chewie because they came out in the same year. I'm like, I, can't, I doubt they're able to do that. And I looked it up. I was like, nope, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely sure. the Death Star. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that, you have gone for your movie. Yeah. It's. As a call out to Moonraker later. Yeah. It's <laughs> my only response. You have ten seconds. Is there anything else left you want to say? That that last con- that his last remark at the end. Gotta keep it up for England. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. L O L. I L O L. Raffle. You, have to, went- you have to cut out the L because it kind of went off L-O. before you got the last L out. So just go L O beep. Laughing out. Laughed out. Oh, laughing what? out what? Laughing what? Out what? He, what did he laugh out? Right, something you brought up toward the end of your rundown uh, made me think of something interesting. Tony today has the unique challenge of not having your particular Bond's best work. <laughs> All of us have like picked that one Bond's best film, really. You picked the worst. You picked the worst Bond movie ever made. But I'm going to defend the shit out of it. It is. It is totally true. After rewatching it, absolutely. I got mad respect for Tony. Don't you say Die Another the Day underdog. because I love the shit out of that movie. Diamond, you can't defend Die Another Day. I can, and I did listen to the episode. Whatever, it's not Diamond my turn yet. Face. Graham's got to go next. I mean, if we're technical, yes, you did defend it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. So much better than your bullshit movie. But Graham gets to go first. That's America true. doesn't agree with you. America does agree. You want to bet? Peter Travers and Rolling Stone agree. I have facts to back up my opinion. Where are your facts, asshole? Not here to talk about that movie. I already did that. Listen to the episode. I'm talking about the three movies. You, you only named two. Graham's turn. That's true. It's my turn. Go, Graham. Go. Hello. Uh, yeah. So I chose The Living Daylights. Uh, this was uh, Timothy Dalton's first uh, one of two. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, and one of my favorites. This is another one that was also directed by John Glenn. Uh, and John Glenn did five. James Bonds in a row, and this is number four. He did the most, didn't he? Mm. I think so. Yeah. I think he, yeah. And so, like in the, what was it from like whatever? Pretty much all the ones in the eighties. 
<clears throat> from like 81 to 89. All those ones that felt the same. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that makes more sense. sense. But, yeah. but he actually had, he did uh, a couple different bonds too. Yep. I mean, where, uh, he transitioned a bond. So, uh, <laughs> see you out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're, uh, no, I actually, I really like Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton is actually one of my favorite um, parts of this movie. Because um, this was like a new, again, a new era Bond, right? And so mm-hmm. now we're in the 80s, you know, women's guild. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, all did, men on a so, podcast. <laughs> does Timothy Dalton use a woman as a body shield in this one or not? He does not. Oh. It uh, is kind of progressive, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And this is the one where he's not super womanizing, right? There's only one Bond uh, woman, Bond girl in this in this movie. Um, and he doesn't really with her. He does. That <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right, we got to define like, our terms like, here. Doesn't really kind of, <laughs> sort of. Is that like how do you define is? Well, what is it? I mean, honestly. <laughs> do you think Bond stopped at third base this time? Or what is, what's in your mind? At a, po- at a point, yeah. Did you get the first. short stop? I mean, <laughs> who stops at third base? If you're at third, you just go home. Yeah, especially if you're James Bond. <laughs> Welcome to the All no, Male he, Podcast. I mean, originally it was his play uh, with... Um, with, <laughs> with the Bond girl. But yeah, I mean, he, he goes through most of the movie without just like sleeping with a thousand chicks before. I mean, it's out. impressive that if he makes it 10 minutes without sleeping with a chick. Exactly. In the movie. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, it's a new part of the 12 step plan. plan. Yeah. He's, and so he's definitely charismatic, as obviously as all Bonds are. Roger Moore. But, you know, <laughs> um, ragging on Roger Moore. <laughs> Terrible. In Spanish, that I don't means speak terrible. Espanol. <laughs> I, I think terrible means awesome. No. Well, then you're wrong. No. It means terrific. Maybe that's why you think world is not enough. Anyways, I haven't defended it yet. Moving right along. But Lucy, I was only going to cross over. Now it's on. I love, I love this movie. Um, granted, you know, even though I am defending it, it may not be one of the best ones, but it's you just lost still, your argument. Right, I know. But, um, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Wait, strike that. It is the best James Bond ever made. And the other two that you recently and you're said back in the game. All right, let's see how this <laughs> plays out, Cotton. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, like like Goldfinger, we start off in something that isn't exactly what it's you know what the story is all about, but then again, it sets up this whole um, this whole you know kind of a domino effect that goes all the way down. And so we are introduced to all of these different all of these different bonds or all these different spies and all this stuff they're climbing up the mountain and all this stuff and they're shooting each other with paint guns <clears throat> and then some russian comes in and starts just murking them all and then we start this whole rundown um chase sequence and one of my favorite um bond kills is him fighting in the truck and then driving off the cliff uh punching the guy out and then he and the, now they're falling into the ocean. And he sits up and he just stands on the back of the seat and just rips his parachute out, and he just gets sucked out of the back of the back of the truck, and like he just explodes. Um, and it's like, and then from there, it's like, yep, that's that's James Bond. Yeah. You know, just murking fools in the most <laughs> extravagant ways. Um, only if his parachute wrapped around him like a magic soft bubble. That would have been the coolest <laughs> trick. You know, yeah. He sucks, by the way. <laughs> Dude, that's a point for me. Okay. Whatever, R. Anyways. Tomato, um, tomato. You're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah, I like R. He was in my favorite movie. <laughs> R is awesome. 
Anyway, speaking of Q, um, another one of my uh, Q is just amazing. Obviously, can we just say Q wins this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, my favorite Bond is Q. Yep. <laughs> like honestly, just is so awesome. He has one of the he has some of my favorite one liners in every James Bond film, uh, and this one is no different. Um, <laughs> they're walking through Q Branch, and then uh, he's like, "Oh, here's something for the Americans." And uh, this dude pulls up this huge boombox that he's holding up to his shoulder, and he's like, "Yes," <laughs> you know, types in a few things. And Did you just, say this was made in the eighties? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and shoots out this huge grenade, and just blows up you know, half half of the facility. He's like, "That's called the Ghetto Blaster." Yep. And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> nailed it." Uh, so yeah, another another favorite Q moment that just that just nailed it. And then again, I mean, here's something you know. Exactly the same, but then kind of new with, you know, a more twist. And again, like you were saying, it was like, yeah, this was made in the 80s. And all of these James Bond films are a sign of the times. Like, that, like they're not, they are in general timeless, but they're also exactly in the time of era that they're supposed to be in. Yeah. You can so, basically get a whole history of American history. culture. Yeah. American culture yeah, with absolutely. Bond movies. World, yeah, American, world culture. World everything. culture and who's the biggest pop star right now. Yep. Yeah, of everything that's happening. Definitely in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> And so we have the same thing, you know, which is, you know, spy versus spy. You know, it's like we get that story. That's kind of what we, are, we expect from a Bond movie. But now we have spy versus spy versus Russians versus arms dealer with, you know, Afghanistan and, you know, the Iron Curtain, like all this stuff. And that's exactly what it was in the times. You know, it's like. Um, and so this movie goes everywhere um, and deals with, you know, the same issues of, you know, the Russians giving Afghani weapons and supporting them and in, you know, arms trades for drugs and all the stuff and all of these issues are brought up. And it's a really, I don't know, I, I think it's really interesting. Like now actually being old enough to understand what that stuff was, like, yeah, it is truly like a history lesson. It's like, wow, yeah, I had no idea that all this stuff was tied into it. Um, and especially with now, again, those <laughs> those things being kind of relevant again, it's like, Oh yeah, no, that was actually that was actually stuff. Like, and Americans were definitely given, you know, <laughs> Afghani's weapons as well and stuff. And like, we were really tied into it. Um, isn't it really sad the way that these movies stay timeless? Is like, oh yeah, we're in that conflict again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true. it's sadly entertaining. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, we really don't learn no anything. <laughs> we don't learn anything, but at least I can watch my Bond movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretend we have those cute gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why we feel like every James Bond is the same. It's like nothing ever changes. <laughs> Not even war. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, there's so many one-liners in this movie. Uh, and for some reason, the biggest, I guess one of the biggest fight sequences that I remember ending in a one-liner is uh, the fight with, you know, the lead Russian spy on... Was like a uh, C one thirty, with a jeep in the back, you know, loaded with uh, loaded with opium, and then he's got the the ticking time bomb going off in the background, uh, you know, the open door in the back, and all this, and he's just you know, beating the crap out of this guy, um, and the huge, I don't know what they call it, bushel or ton of uh, of of opium is you know flying out of the the bomb bay door, uh, and they're just you know beating the crap out of each other and like stepping on each other and all this stuff finally slices open the bag all of the opium flies out and the dude you know uh, has nothing else to hold on to except for grabs onto his boot 
And then James Bond <laughs> reaches down with his knife and just so, you know slice, uh, slowly cuts away all the the um, ties on his boot. And then the Russian flies off, just just holding onto his boot. And then obviously James Bond, you know, charismatically and just so you know carelessly walks in, um, uh, de uh, derigs the bomb, and then walks up to the cockpit and is like, "Oh, you know," she asks him, "Oh, what happened?" It's like he got the boot. <laughs> like, yeah, nailed it. He did Done. get the boot. He I, did. I, I he love it. All and that was it. That's the only thing he will get for the rest of his life is that single boot. I love that you used half of your time to to set up that one liner. Yeah, it's a good one. That was the most it's vivid. That was the most vivid description I think I've ever heard in this podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> like, oh, I'm in this. Keep going. Oh, wow, no way. Dude, tell me more. Yeah. Oh, he got the boot. Yeah, I, got oh! the boot. Oh! I wish it was as exciting as the movie I watched. Oh, snapper. <laughs> And yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, is that kind of just... like filibustering? <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit of a version of that. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I'm out of things to talk. I'm going to describe every bit of this in perfect yeah. detail. <laughs> He's grabbing onto the other guy, see, and his shotgun over and over again. Up no and more down, shotguns on this podcast, please. How about that amazing scene where they use a cello case as a toboggan? Yes. Oh, oh man, I meant to mention that. Yeah, yeah. And so. I think it's, it's a fucking a bullet hole in it. That thing doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but she sort of. It Maybe end. it she sounds cool. It. it sounds it. better with a bullet hole in it. How do you know? Yeah, fair point. That's the argument. Well, Marcello sounds Shelley better did. now that it's been shot. <laughs> yeah, and that's why that movie wins. Well, it was a Stradivarius. Are you ready to talk about this fucking garbage? I'm, you know what? You guys have pissed me off. So, Ryan's the only one that hasn't pissed me off. The John. Oh, thanks. So this half of the minute. table. How is this even a half a table? Because all you do. Whatever, this half of the table. You're calling it Graham Fat? Diagonal. Hey. Your time started, by the way. Yes, Sam. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Um, My ears. There's actually a lot to, to like. All right, so world is not Sweat enough. Here we go. Uh, we've been talking about Q. I'm going to bring up Q in this movie. He did 17 movies. This was his last one. Poor guy. Because he what a horrible way to tragically yeah. died after the movie was released. Are you sure it wasn't because it, the he movie? saw the movie? No, how much how much time do we have left? Oh, you have nine come. minutes and thirty seconds. We're working nine on minutes that. and thirty seconds. Yeah. We'll take a nine minute. <laughs> <Thirty second. laughs> moment of silence. Moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, again, Q wins. So if Q is the main part of your argument, you moment might of silence. Except for the fact that he quit in the movie. Moment of you guys you are really, so disrespectful. I'm sorry. I, I want people to listen to this podcast. We can't have nine minutes of yeah, silence. Yeah, no, that's, that's not ridiculous. gonna work. Go what? No, we're not gonna have a nine minute moment of silence. That's not my argument. God. Okay. Uh, no, this movie is actually a lot of fun. I don't know. I honestly don't know why you hate it so much. It's not a great movie by any means, but it, it has everything any Bond movie should have. It's funny. It has one-liners. Uh, pretty good villain. Both of them are pretty decent villains. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like the what they did with it. I like the way that they made you think that yeah. she was going to be the Bond girl. And it, I, yeah. I actually watched my roommate's uh, collection. He's got you know the fifty years of Bond. Yeah. DVD box set and on as you're flipping through the pages they have the picture of who was the Bond girl and, and this one they had Sophie Marceau's you think of Denise Richards when you think of this movie as right. the Bond girl and I forgot why until yeah. I started watching the movie I'm like oh it makes sense um, but yeah female villain yeah that's pretty awesome for a Bond movie Sarah did in Goldeneye there were still eight. pretty awesome we looked for... it up actually because I noted that All too right. yeah but eight out of what 23 no no either way and she, she was a pretty good villain, too. Like, And I like the whole twist thing. It felt more like a spy movie with, like, you think that Bernard, who's a guy who got shot in the face and is 
still alive but can't feel anything. Pretty That's cool. the requisite for villainy. Yep. Um, I wish they would have played it up a little bit more because I didn't really use it for anything other than him holding a burning coal uh, during one scene. But whatever, it still yeah. makes kind him of scary. It still makes him scary. Like, yeah. yeah, but I mean, they definitely played it up a lot. But, but they, they didn't really use didn't it. Collect on it. They didn't right. use it at all. But at the same time, it still has a kind of like semi-fantastical element that I think a lot of Bond villains do have, which I really like. When he walks through the hologram of his head and sticking his finger into his skull. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, Are you sure they didn't play that the up enough? highest grossing Bond movie in the 20th century. Don't know if inflation's part of that. <laughs> Was there no, nothing was else that came out that weekend? What happened? No, no it actually, actually, it's at the time. I don't know. I just read this fact that it opened with Sleepy Hollow, and it was oh, the okay. first time at that time. I don't know anything since that two movies on opening weekend both grossed thirty million or more. Hmm. So it did. It went up against a movie that other people wanted to see, and it still made a crap load of money, which is awesome. Uh, the one of my favorite parts and. I don't know if this is really going to defend the movie by any means. Probably won't. <laughs> but Denise Richards, who is kind of the Bond girl, comes in literally three quarters of the way into the movie and serves absolutely no purpose other than to defuse a bomb that they don't end up defusing. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. Where's, uh, where's the well, good part? She yeah. was a <laughs> and to rocket through that weird pipe thing, huh? And she plays a nuclear physicist. Mm-hmm. Come on. I think I, you have to be able to say the words nuclear physicist to be able to play a nuclear physicist. <laughs> you couldn't. That's some, uh, that's why I shouldn't do it. <laughs> that is crazy. What, the last movie, Alone in the Dark, Tara Reid as uh, whatever the hell she was. Like, come on, people. Like, are you? Right. What? But she was. She was, did, she was the it girl at the time. And a science I remember as a kid going to that movie and, like, being excited that Denise Richards was in it. She was kind of hot at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that. I... I'll give you that. Yeah, Eighth yeah. grade. Yep. And speaking of Nintendo 64 it. games, I remember playing this one. It sucked. It, it, it was sucked. bad. <laughs> it was, I remember it so vividly. Anyway, back to Denise, <laughs> Denise like Richards. She was attracted to the role of Dr. Christmas Jones. That's her name, Dr. Christmas Jones. And she found the part to be brainy, athletic, and had depth of character. Mm. A change in direction from previous Bond girls, which is pretty true. It's accurate. Didn't play it. Meaning there were audiences, no other female physicists. Right? <laughs> audiences did not agree and often consider Christmas to be the worst punk girl ever. <laughs> Which, after Sorry, watching the movie, Denise. she is the worst punk girl ever. Absolutely. Yeah. You can rag on the spy who loved me, but Denise Richards is terrible. The only saving grace is that she was only in it for probably like a half hour. Oh, yeah, the spy who loved me. She wasn't. She just took me out of the movie. I don't think she was horrible. Yeah, Denise Richards was, was terrible, but it still it didn't really affect the movie and that, I think oh. that's pretty awesome in it in itself it was still pretty pretty awesome Pierce Brosnan also very I, I love him as Bond I don't know how you guys feel about no, Brosnan man of the movie he's a very charismatic and very he's a very charismatic Bond, Bond. Um, I just don't think sim- he had a lot of good movies similar to Timothy Dalton I mean he didn't, very he didn't have a lot of good because I kind of went through that 90s cartoony and yeah. early 2000s like cartoony but like not good cartoony like his older movies, but right. like <laughs> Batman and Robin cartoony type, <laughs> where you're kind of like, really, Bond? Um, actually, uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie was uh, during the boat chase, he's on a small boat. and uh, That was a, one of the coolest parts of the movie. He goes underwater yeah. with the boat. That's one of my boat. favorite Bond vehicles. Yeah. yeah. The, the small black boat. Yeah. Um, he goes underwater with it, which is funny because that was never supposed to happen. I mean... The idea of that was never part of the, the original plan, but when they found out when they were on set and they were going at high speeds, 
the boat just would go underwater. So like, <laughs> let's put that part of the movie. But in the movie, he goes underwater, and while he's at like the peak of his blow, he adjusts his tie underwater. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It kind of reminded me of, I think, Skyfall when... Uh, when he yeah, when he the jumps on the train and like adjusts his cufflink. Yeah, yeah. There, like those those moments almost those have moments, to be in these movies. But either way, that was Pierce Brosnan. And that wasn't part of the script. He just did it, and they're like, "That's awesome. We're just gonna go with that it." That is his awesome. idea. He was, was the really best cool. looking underwater Bond. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Awesome. He might, and unlike other, he Bonds, might be the best looking Bond. He smolders. Yeah, he smolders. Yeah, him and Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton's an attractive dude, but I think he he has like. A weirdness to him. Either I mean, way, we're just like there's, not, there's not counting Connery, right? He's out of the conversation because he wins, right? You have, you have to give him a he handicap. Wins, yes. I, you know what? Handicap. I have my qualms with. He stirs my, my nethers. He wins. He pumps my shotgun. <laughs> Stop! Stop with the shotgun. Um, going back to the world is not enough, and the smoldering. Oh, we're still talking about that. <laughs> We are still talking about it. For two Do you minutes want and thirty to... seconds, we are. All right, I'm going to take two minutes to describe and set up a punchline. <laughs> um, I enjoy that. There were there were a lot of a little too I mean, many like, witty one liners. I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through a couple one liners. I'm not going to set up the entire scene because I don't need to. Yeah, you yeah. Do. Make it funny. Was it um, two minutes? End of the movie when he's banging Denise Richards. Come on, this is funny. It is funny. You're, especially you are explaining a scene to set up a one-liner. No, he's banging ne- Denise Richards. I don't need to go any further than that. And James Bond's like, I was wrong about you. Yeah? How so? That's Denise Richards' voice. Thank you. <laughs> oh. I was like, why is James Bond talking to himself? I thought Weird. Christmas only comes once a year. Boom. Orgasm joke. That in a Bond movie. line was written before they named that character. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely was. Um, actually, I'm, that's the, the only Christmas in July joke in there. That's the only quote. I'm, no, no, I'm not. I got one more. Another sex innuendo towards uh, in your endo. <laughs> not funny. <laughs> <laughs> they get out of the the oil. Pi- I'm not even going to go through the plot. The plot's actually oil pipeline. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Paint those pipes. <laughs> um, they get out of the after not defusing the bomb she was brought into the movie to do and let it blow up. They crawl out of the pipe and they're there. Oh. Dr. Christmas Jones, I'm going to try and do her voice once more. The world's greatest terrorist running around with six kilos of weapons-grade plutonium can't be good. I got to get it back or someone's going to have my ass. And then there's literally a beat of pause where Pierce Brosnan just looks her up and down. And he goes, first things first. <laughs> Classic. And he pulls it off and he's not a creep. He's not a creep. Yeah. Right. Totally he's he's a little bit of a creep. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally I'm a creepy dude. I'm a creep because uh, like my 13-year-old self, or however old, what, 15, 14? At that time, I was like, oh, yeah, I would totally jump her bones and probably thought <laughs> that exact thing. Like, <laughs> Why do you think I bought The World Is Not Enough? Maybe I like, ooh, video game games. Well, Brosnan can say creepy things and not seem creepy. He's that's, not, his, that's his he, superpower. I mean, it's yeah. British people in general, really. Anything in an accent doesn't sound creepy. Such How, an American one. How can you talk about this movie without bringing up John Cleese? He was the best part. John Cleese was in it, and he was the re- replacement. Set was up, he in Die Another Day? Yeah. He's in one more, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, okay. So this is a segue into it. And he, he was good uh, in it, but I, I wanted to focus on... You wanted to focus Sorry. on what? I'm pretty sure your time's up. I do like that you started minutes. and ended with, I want to talk about Q, but you never successfully talked about I know. Q. I did. We had the moment of silence that you guys all ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my dear friend. Q. Oh, R. R was John Cleese's yeah. name. 
What do you think he's I just still said? Alive. I didn't yeah, see he's, you. I was too busy around. being ridiculed by everybody. You're going to waste a 10-minute podcast with, shh, silence. Is our ridicule not enough? It always is. It's too much. <laughs> I don't know why you do this. Anyway, go Casino yep. Royale because yeah, I hated your movie. Really? No, but I, no, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I didn't hate <laughs> to it. To the left! It had uh, Birdman syndrome, in my opinion. It doesn't, but that's fine. You uh, have Birdman syndrome. <laughs> Yeah, let's just spend blue. my 10 minutes talking about Tony's Birdman syndrome. Um, okay, so my time has started. Uh, I went with Casino Royale because I had to pick a Daniel Craig movie because he had not been represented in our podcast yet. Uh, and I think this is the best one of yep. his. I would uh, agree with that. People argue with me about Skyfall, but Skyfall goes a little too home alone in the last act for me to really like it. But also this one, still he doesn't really feel as energetic in Skyfall really good. as he does in this. He's got such an energy and charisma in Casino Royale versus Skyfall. Yeah, I think Skyfall, he, he went a little too serious. This one was a little bit, just had a little bit more fun to it, and I think that's why it worked. Uh, so the things that really drew me to this movie is I like that Martin Campbell came back after doing, uh, I'm saying it's the right director, right? Martin Campbell? The director came Martin back. Martin Campbell? Yeah, so he did uh, He did Goldeneye. So he did Goldeneye and he did this. So the only two Bonds also he did. Also one so. of the best <laughs> Bonds ever made, Goldeneye. <laughs> sure. Um but I like that he's good at just starting a bond. And I like that he's really good at making movies for the time. So he made Goldeneye, which felt super 90s. And he yeah. made this one, which felt super 2000, whatever it came out. Um, but I like that he went and took a character that has been so dumb. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. But he's been so, like, we've seen him so many times. And they went, okay, yeah. we want to update him. We don't want to reboot it. We don't want to do this. And then they ended up kind of rebooting it. But Kind of? They, they absolutely Full-blown reboot. It. But yeah. it still doesn't. From even casting. Continue. It wasn't even double O at the beginning. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but it's that's... called a soft reboot where they, it's still part of the, t- I mean, it's basically like what Star Trek did, but for Bond. Yeah. yeah. Soft reboot, mm-hmm. meaning like now they're doing a live action of the TV show re- reboot. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is they had Judy Dench, which made no sense for it to be any type of, she had no reason to be. I think it just movie. solidified like the timeless and flexible nature of yeah, the James that, Bond movies. And that's kind of what I, that's what more of what I think it was. While totally rebooting the character and refreshing the character, I don't feel like it's like, well, now the other Bonds don't count anymore. It didn't feel like that sort of reboot to me where it's like either watching. It didn't feel like a remake. It felt just kind of like a refreshing. Um, I thought that happened several times over the job. The yeah, I think like it did you too. Said, like you said, Graham, that each Bond starts a new era, and this really kind of kick-started an era. And it's a product That's of true. its time. Like, this That's was the true. time. I keep hitting that mic. This is the time that it was supposed to be, like, there were all these sort of things were coming out. So it kind of made sense that this is kind of how they went about it. And I think... He wasn't a double in the beginning. You're right. And that's kind of where I think a good place is to start. Because I think the opening of this movie is phenomenal, and it sets the tone for the entire oh, thing. Such a great opening. The entire black and white sequence is so fucking good. And, like, from the very moment when I saw this in theaters, when you sit down and that's that's how they open the film, it's like, all right, I know this is a very different Bond experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I know it right out the gate. I'm like, and I'm on board for it. Like, it's going to be a total blast. And mm-hmm. I like that as much as I think the, the, uh, the music video sequence for the titles is one of the worst they've ever had. Absolutely. Blech. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah. It's awful. The song is kind of crap. Um, but I like that they, they're trying to set set the tone of not making it total chauvinistic, just idolizing women and just naked girls holding guns. And I get that that's what they're trying to do. I think they went way too far in the other way. But it wasn't like John's movie where it's like, well, that's just a topless girl running around. Like, that's what that is. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> And it's like, as much as I enjoy that, it's like, I like that they are trying to acknowledge that they have a female audience and just by glamorizing and just, they're going the wrong way for a long time. And I feel like this one kind of opened that door to bring in that female audience a lot, in a lot bigger way. 
And like the other the other two Craig movies don't do that. Like they return back. Yeah, to the they roots. they totally they go right back to it because it didn't do as well, and, and they had complaints. And, and I like that sequence more so than I would say you guys, but I think it plays into the the card game a lot more. It gives yeah. you it doesn't spoil the rest of the movie, you yeah. know, like Skyfalls does. But it yeah. it ties in more so than just making women jumping around. Yeah, and I like that's that, really important. I think it's really important. I really like that. Uh, I like this film. They did a really good job with pacing, and I think that's what a lot of Bond. Bond films have a very big problem with is that somewhere in that like in between acts two and three I kind of start falling asleep and I love James Bond movies so even knowing that I'll sit down for it but I actually fell asleep in one of them while watching for this Tony um, wow! Even, really? even that one, even my, even even Did my you? movie starts to kind of drag a little bit towards the yeah, two thirds. Even Goldfinger has a yeah, little definitely. bit of a drag. No, they, they all, all totally they do. all do it. Yeah. And you fell asleep during mine. <laughs> Did you have a wet dream about the news? I did not. No, because at that point she wasn't yeah, even introduced. Yeah, she wasn't in yet. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, like pronounced physicist. That, you can't. That, when he woke up, was when Denise. Oh, Denise, Denise is here. Oh, Denise. <laughs> Christmas. Well, I didn't have a wet dream either. Want to make that clear? <laughs> um. So as my movie goes, I like that they they definitely set up the tonality of who James Bond is going to become, and I have to judge my movie as my movie because they kind of fuck it up with Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale. Oh, not Casino Royale. Let's uh. Quantasol and Skyfall, where it's like, no, he's not Bond yet. No, he's not Bond yet. No. Because this movie does a great job of, like, this is how he went from kind of, like, smarmy dickhead, like, I just was, like, the, the jock in school who's the best at everything to, oh, I actually need to know my shit and I need to be an agent. Mm-hmm. And by having him kind of fall in love with Eva Green, who I fucking love Eva Green, um, and having her, him fall in love with her and then having her taken away really kind of solidifies, like, no, I should not get myself attached to anyone, which he doesn't. Yep. If you look at James Bond throughout the rest of time, like it doesn't matter what girl he hooks up with, she is there for the moment. Then he doesn't care. Lazenby, which Lazenby, but they even bring that up later. Like they bring that up in one of the other movies yeah. we watched. That, yeah. Like you got married once and that didn't happen. He's like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. and that's where, and that's another reason why I like that movie specifically, even though none of us ever chose it and it will never be represented. But yeah. Um, is yeah, he actually falls in love and gets married and all of this stuff, and then she's tragically. Yeah. immediately after giving him reason for all of the rest of these movies for him to be just like let people let women in enough but never get attached and, and it's I not think- just that she's there to spur him on to she's got her own arc too yeah. and she goes toe-to-toe with him in a battle of wits on the train which i think is a great scene between that scene two. between the two was fantastic and i think that's part of the reason why i like the movie as much as i do because i really do like eva green as an actress i like everything she's in i think she's a lot of fun and i think that she's an actress who chooses movies that she is going to have fun with and i think that makes her more entertaining to watch and the chemistry that she has with Daniel Craig makes all of the scenes just kind of pop in this really fun way. And it's really great. Like, even in scenes where she's like, how can you just kill these people? Like, how are you okay with that? He's like, well, I wouldn't be good at my job if I didn't, if I had a problem with it. Mm. And he kind of laughs it off. And she has this attitude like, you're, you're fucked up. Yeah, you're a monster. Yeah. There's some yeah. lines that actually define James Bond in this movie that they didn't have before. You know, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. I wouldn't be good at my job if it did. Like, yeah. yeah, like, there's really, really great moments in this thing. And it's good for... It's good for people who've been with Bond their whole lives, like I had been before I saw this thing, and like for all the people who've been going with it since the '60s, like it's really great to kind of see where Bond comes from in a way. And that's why I don't feel like it. I get that it's a reboot, but it never really felt like one until the sequel. So I don't want to judge it on yeah. its own accord. Yeah, and this one also has the yeah. benefit of being rough to Bond, like yeah, you, and, and him being rough to ever. Yep. Like you actually feel the weight of the violence, whereas like everything else, everything. Go- has kind of come before is kind of in that cartoony style even yeah. mine it's like yeah. you know, he punches i'm like oh that was fake but yeah. you know it's a, it's a campy movie this is like ouch yeah ouch ouch, ouch. ouch. Really, i mean you feel really the weight the i think it's eva green's character that makes you feel the weight as a viewer 
Yeah, I like certainly feel well, emotional. Yeah, emotionally, emotionally away, but I'm talking about also the the fight sequences and stuff too. I mean, that like you really feel oh, those punches. Even, oh, yeah, the, the yeah. fight sequences were just so elevated, so much like, more realistic in this. Especially the uh, the fight sequence in the hotel, like after he hears uh, Lashif uh, uh, yeah. almost get the girl's arm cut off throughout the entire stairwell. That is one of the most well choreographed fight sequences in any movie. Mm-hmm. It's in such a tight space, and it just goes down like three stories, and it's yeah. just intense the whole fucking way, and then ends with that brutal fucking murder. Yep. Like, because that doesn't feel like, oh, he killed the bad guy. It's like, oh god, he killed that bad guy, and you can understand why Eva Green just completely lost her shit. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. yeah, you just watched him murder the hell it, out of that guy. It really sells the fact that they're like, you're like, oh, he just killed another spy. Whoops. Yeah. And he's like, no, he murdered that man. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. He really sells the depth of this. I mean, even the. The other thing of where he's not actually fighting anybody else, but he, when he gets poisoned, he has to run out to his car and give himself, or no, at, at the end. I'd forgotten that scene out. was in there. It's it rough. It was rough. Yeah. You see him pass, and you're like, oh my, like, you really feel the weight. Like, you know it's a James Bond movie, and he has to survive at the end, but you're yeah. like, he, no, he's, he just died on screen. Yeah. yeah it, it was intense as shit. Yeah. He forgot to plug it in. Like, he's also not perfect. I thought that was a, kind of a great yeah. And I think that's what's, I, I think, again, like, I don't remember what, battle we did before but i like things that are imperfect and i think that's why i like casino royale as much as i do because i like it when he's not entirely there yet mm-hmm. again i feel like the sequels kind of ruined that a little bit by making it's kind of like the whole men in black thing of like will smith has to keep learning shit it's like well, i just want to see him be a good agent right yeah. and i feel like this movie cashed in on like he still needs things to learn but he is that agent but he's just not quite there yet like this really feels like they took the training wheels off and it's the first time they're giving him that big mission and the only reason they are is because he's good at cards yeah um, and in my last little bit here, uh, before I run out of time, that's the one thing I want to talk about, uh, is that they managed to take something that could be tremendously boring for almost everyone, which is just uh, a third of this movie is going to be a card game. Yeah. Yeah. Like and they made any it, of the ESPN with the cards. Yeah, and it like, sounds like it would be horribly uh, boring, but they did it in such a way that made it intense the whole way through. Like, like I actually kind of got into it, and I didn't think that was going to happen. So, I think they did a good job selling it. A quick yeah, note a to bit, uh, But then again, a third of the movie is about a card game. I mean, I, it is, but I think they did such a good job selling it that it felt like a I conversation. Was I was entertained. I was entertained. They cast the villain well enough to have up. charisma with uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, Matt Mickelson and him have like eye things going on that's just beyond. <laughs> well, he has. What it is. He definitely has some other eye things going on that James Bond definitely yeah. doesn't. Oh, bleeding tears. <laughs> oh man. But anyways, so that's it. It's our, uh, our five movies for the Well, day. see you guys later. Yeah, all right, that was fun. Uh, and we uh, all know who the winner is. Goodbye. <laughs> so we're going to reiterate, we're going to list these all off, just in case people want to vote against the In case the you're gray. tuning in right about yeah. now, which is how uh, podcasts work, like radio. <laughs> so <laughs> in case people have short attention spans or are listening to this uh, on their way back from wherever they went to, remember when we talked about this earlier, Round Trip Podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to keep right. using this. Oh. Um, okay, so I had Casino Two-stop Royale. stop shopper. <laughs> Casino Royale. Living Daylights. You don't have to say it. Goldfinger. <laughs> the world is not enough. Oh, <laughs> the spy who loved me. Okay. The world is not enough. <laughs> Living Daylights. The world. The spy who loved me. The world is not enough. Uh, so we'll vote in the order that we went. I vote for Casino Royale. Knew it. Yeah. It's a pretty easy choice. I mean, because yeah. I, I can't vote for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I always really like the Living Daylights, but I... Uh, I thought Casino Royale like shook things up for James Bond so well that it, you know, in the sea of movies, it really stands out to me, which is hard to do in a James Bond. Well, it was Bond. a lightning strike in yeah. the franchise that was yeah. the That's last true. 20 minutes of that movie is the worst 20 minutes of any Bond movie. That's why I didn't bring it up. 
I know no, you I didn't bring remember. it up. I hate that. The whole ending is terrible. I disagree, Absolutely terrible. I disagree. Where they have like this romantic getaway with Eva Green and him, Ooh. and then she, you find out that she had some bullshit story. Hey, the time is up. You d- didn't let me fight you. Time is up. <laughs> Wait, uh. so when it, when it turns into Thomas Crown Affair, when that happened? Oh, oh and then no. she like drowns herself for no fucking reason. Time is up. Oh. But they were we're in into voting now. on you for voting for Casino. <laughs> they were right in now. Right <laughs> on you. All right. Uh, so I'm guessing you won't be voting for Casino Royale. <laughs> I won't be voting. Me? Yeah. I'm voting for Casino Royale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> now Close. I pissed you off. For all the reasons we've talked about. Oh, okay. It's such a, it's such a lightning spark of a, of the, in a franchise that had already started to kind of grow a little. Eh. Yeah, we'd seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'd seen it before. This I hadn't seen. The energy I hadn't felt. <sighs> this is rough. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of it's on me right now. We're, we're kind of turning oh, on the table. about to set the tone for the yeah. rest of the vote. You're going to strike some lightning down? The world is not enough. I don't know what the song was, but it, but, it <laughs> but it definitely had these words. World, not enough. Um, <clears throat> that is now our theme song. Man, alive. Um, Goldfinger. It's got to be. I mean, we all know it. Like, come on. Classic. We have done arguments. Things. Are we voting on arguments done, or personal opinions? We've done. No. Well, let the audience yeah, decide yeah, that one, please. That. Wait, no, think but it's, it. the, it's the same thing. No, it's not. Because when you look at just base facts of, like you were pointing out, well, it's obviously Goldfinger. Whenever you ask anyone, when they're actually being realistic, when going back to it, like, well, I really like these movies, but yeah. Goldfinger's the best. Yeah. And that's it. I mean. And the sh- end doesn't suck. Or the, be- <laughs> nor the beginning. Nor I'm, just, the I'm just still arguing my movie because you haven't voted yet, Tony. <laughs> So yeah, Goldfinger. Because oh, no, we a, all know. It's, I'm it's the deciding vote because you can't vote for Casino Royale, and I know you're, you're not, not going to vote deci- for me. No, pressure's on. Okay, not Casino Royale because you you refuse to bring up the one biggest flaw of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> not going to vote well. for. Hey, what that's was, politics for you. World is not enough. No, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> again? What, I don't even know. License you, to kill. That's all. As much as I loved second. your three-minute setup for that punchline, it was it was, a, it was it was it was a three-minute setup for a punchline. So I'm not voting. Remember for when you. you had two of those in your rundown? I didn't set them up like you. I said bang. Yeah, you Denny's did them Richards. terribly. Everyone talked about how awesome mine was. Since Brian's really annoyed, I'm going to take my time with this. As I did. Mm. <laughs> Come on, you do have Roger Moore in yours, but I <laughs> voted for you last. Are you okay, Graham? Voted for you last time on that fact, and I can't do it again. Okay. Please don't. Do you have your reasons? So that just leaves the world is not enough. Can't vote for your own movie. Goddamn moron. That's the first <laughs> rule. Which is, no, um, wait, I think that's why he picked his own movie. Yeah, definitely Goldfinger. You had a good art. You, you used my top ten list. And How'd you look at me? I'm taking credit for this, by the way. John is taking My credit once again. Uh, I guess if anyone goes back in the time. podcast and listen, they can. Uh, but no, Goldfinger, your argument, your points were spot on. You prepared. Good time. I expect you to die. Final answer. Yeah, as much as I'd love to be able to break the rules and vote for my own movie, I can't. So Goldfinger is most definitely the winner because that's I'm not going to vote for anything else because yeah. Goldfinger is the winner. Yeah. Because of course, best Bond 
Ryan, you have like 10 more minutes to kill in your voting process like we all did. Oh, I'm good. It's over. It wins. It's most up with the best (laughs) one. Are you sure you don't mean the world is not enough? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, it sounded like you said Goldfinger. It sounded like you were saying the living daylights. It really sounded like Yeah, you didn't bring up the stupid bubble. I can leave out my fucking 20 minute. Stupid bubble worked. Save them from an avalanche. What did your stupid ending do except ruin your movie? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) On that note. On that note. So Goldfinger is the winner. Hey, as Tony is the be. sore loser. I'm not the sore loser. Hey, I, I didn't get any votes. Won. I didn't get any votes either. So it's fine. I got two. I votes. shouted out to yours because it it was my yeah. second favorite. Yeah. Um. So this being our last battle of the bond. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to all these things. It's uh, over. It's over. Uh, and we can come thing. back now. Yeah, you can come back to listening now yeah. if you were done with the bond movies. But uh, so next week coming up we have a uh, nightcrawler. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Excited to talk about that one. Then we have Big Hero 6, which is a little divided, I think. So we should get some yeah. good conversations. That should be on that one. Because I, I should be on that one. Because you don't like it? I need to find people who like it. Because right now, all my friends don't. Oh. Well, then I'll, I shouldn't I'll, be on that I'll one. I'll argue for it. <laughs> I like some, there's some I can some argue for it again. That's the thing. Like and some, that's the end of our uh, our normal episode until we, get into Hall- <laughs> until we get to Halloween month. We'll have uh, a special event that I'm not going to discuss yet. So thank you for everyone for being on. Are we going to all be talking about Christmas movies during your Halloween? Yeah. Thanksgiving movies. It's going to be fun. My movie had a character <laughs> named Christmas in it. That Can we do with the world is not enough for a Christmas Never. movie? Okay, so bye. No. No. Bye. bye. Christmas, Dr. Bye. Christmas Jones. Bye. bye. Pretty sure bye. we all harmonize. Shotgun. The world is not enough. The world is not enough. <laughs>